Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that asks the tough questions like, what's a wonder wall? Nobody really knows. Today on the show, I have Ed Holtzman with me, a online marketer and web developer who has dealt with struggles of alcoholism and depression and generalized anxiety uh, growing up and working throughout his career. He kind of goes through his complete story, telling us from essentially start to where he is now about how he has developed a strong sense of self-awareness to allow him to make the changes he needs in his life. He got trapped into some, some difficult situations where he was essentially unemployable and learned a way to dive into entrepreneurship and connect with other people to make sure that he keeps his stress levels in check and allows himself to continue to grow as a marketer and business owner. And, uh, you know, it's not devoid of any kind of issues now, but finds ways to help keep things, keeps things in check. So if you can, you can find Ed Holtzman at theartfulpussycat.com or just search for that and, uh, you'll find him and his great work. And, uh, without further ado, this was a very, very useful and informational podcast as well as one that tugs at the heartstrings a little bit while he tells his story and uh, has a really great attitude about his life, his difficulties, and things that he's gone through, but has also helped give some practical advice for business owners who are who are trying to, you know, make a splash in the online marketing world. So without further ado, welcome Ed Holtzman to the podcast. Drums, TIAA is on a mission. Why? Because 54% of Black Americans don't have enough savings to retire. So in collaboration with big name artists like Wyclef Jean, TIAA released Paper Right. New music inspiring a new financial future. With 100% of streaming sales going to a nonprofit that teaches students how to invest. Stream Paper Right now and help close the gap. Do you want to stay up to date with the messiest drama on the internet? Or what about those crazy viral challenges? Then be sure to tune in to TMZ Verified the podcast. I'm Wild. I'm Steph. And each week we're either breaking down the spicy viral stories or we're hanging out with the most popular influencers around. Tana Mojo is in the building. I don't even know if they're hating. They're probably just telling the truth, but we love the haters too. Sophia Franklin. Yeah, I mean, we can talk, but like, let's be real with each other, you know? Bryce Hall is here, y'all. Make some noise, people. I'm, I'm single, by the way. Right. So if you like viral drama, influencer culture, and just overall hot messness, check out new episodes of TMZ Verified every Thursday right here on Spotify. I've got kids, and that means it's always about them. But I need support, too. That's where Ollie comes in, with their delightful, hard-working gummies. My partner and I can actually get a good night's sleep, so we'll both stand a chance of managing our stress responses. Even when the kids are doing parkour in the living room, discover Ollie vitamins and supplements. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, Ed Holtzman. How you doing? Pretty good, Christian. How about yourself today? Wonderful. Finally glad we got around to doing this. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I know my schedule is a little crazy sometimes, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's all good. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the show. Um, basically, just a kind of a quick reminder about what the show is about. It's a mental health and mindset as it pertains to business and creativity. But, like, you know, we'll just see how the conversation goes. There's really no... no uh, no walls here um and uh basically i just want to ask you about you know to, to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and where you're at in life i suppose sure absolutely um well i own a small uh small boutique web agency we uh, service mainly medium-sized companies i've got a remote team of about six people we specialize in 
web design, reputation, marketing, and social media management. Um, that's what I that's what I do for a living as a person. I'm just more of a uh, crazy uh, I'm the crazy cat lady. We've got seven cats here. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, definitely have, uh, you know, personally and business wise, my struggle with, uh, you know, some mind, uh, I, I wouldn't dare to call them minor mental health issues, but they're mental health issues. And uh, I think as we touch base on, on Facebook one more time, uh, recovering from alcohol addiction as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that. Um, yeah, so I mean, if you if you feel like you want to if you're willing to share a little bit about those mental health issues that you've had throughout your life, like what has that been like, uh, especially as you started to kind of go into business on your own, that obviously is a difficult thing to contend with. So if there's anything you can share with that, that'd be awesome. Oh, sure. Yeah. It was, it was difficult. Uh, especially let's see, um, I suffered from a general, uh, generalized anxiety disorder and uh major medical depression that comes and goes at will seems to be uh, with the depression it just seems to be a mind of its own i can't say that there's any particular triggers or anything for that uh, anxiety i have lots of triggers but um i was uh totally undiagnosed uh in my in my youth and uh i think that's why uh, when i discovered alcohol at a very young age um I had helped me self-medicate. I didn't realize I was self-medicating. I didn't realize right. I had any is- issues at the time. Um, so right right out of school, um, I went to work for Atlantic Records. I was a, uh, a, a touring uh, guitar technician. So I worked with a lot of the the hair metal bands of the days back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. And, nice. Uh, that- that was a uh, fantastic enabling career for somebody that, that liked to, uh, you know, drink and, and, <laughs> and, and, and abuse substances. It was just like, you know, you, the dream career. If you want, if, if you want to be able to, you know, drink excessively uh, while working, you know, that was just like the ideal dream career. And I did that for about 10 years when I wasn't, when I wasn't touring uh, on the road, I'd, spend a couple time a couple months at home and during those months I'd uh, make my pocket money by being a nightclub DJ which there again another another wonderful enabling career you know <laughs> hey man you want to play Leonard Skinner for me I'll buy you two shots of tequila well sure absolutely I think I'm in the mood for Leonard Skinner <laughs> All right. and, then, and then I'd go back out on the road and repeat the cycle. And it just, you know, I was, just, my father was uh, an alcoholic. His father, his father was an alcoholic. So I just kind of had the genetic predisposition to, to go right down that road. After about like 10 years, it got to the point where I was pretty much unemployable in the rock and roll industry. So to say you kind of drank yourself out of the live touring rock and roll industry is kind of an accomplishment. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a badass mean, move right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. When, when the tour managers and everybody that you're working for are just like, uh, dude, you're just a little bit too crazy for this. You know, it's just like, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, I, you know, bounced around, I got out of the rock and roll industry, stuck, stuck with the nightclub DJing, which was just perfect because I could just, you know, roll out of bed, go straight to work for a night shift and, you know, just start pounding drinks right off the bat. And eventually that just took a toll on me. And I, I started, you know, after years and years and years of people saying, you know, I think you have a problem. It started to dawn on me that, you know, some of these people might actually be right. Maybe I do have a problem. So uh, I got sober in late 2000 and, uh, you know, found myself, uh, you know, what do I do now? I didn't have much of an employable track record to to show. I mean, some of the above board stuff with Atlantic records on the table, everything I did in the nightclubs for years after that was totally under the table. So it was hard for me to find any kind of gainful employment when I first got sober because I really didn't have a good track record work wise and, you know, fresh, fresh in sobriety. My brain was still a little doughy in the middle, you know? So it's kind of, I've always been a very creative person and it's just kind of, 
became apparent that, you know, maybe entrepreneurship would be the way for me. And uh, they tell you uh, in, you know, any kind of drug and alcohol recovery, not to make any profound life decisions very on in, in early recovery, because you're still not, you know, I mean, you might be clean of the alcohol or the toxins, whatever, but you're still not thinking right you're still thinking like an addict you're still your thinking is still a little bit skewed so they tell you you know don't make any major life decisions until you got a couple years under your belt and you're thinking like uh, a rational human being so i think within the first six months of my uh, sobriety i got married bought a house and opened a business you know everything that i should not have done you know but you know I knew best and it, it sounded like a good idea. I just made this big life change. So, Hey, yeah, I'm ready for this. Let's open a business. Let's get married. Let's buy a house. You know? Right. Right. It was, and, and it was pretty nuts. So, uh, you know, right, uh, uh, right off the bat, I knew this, the recording industry and, uh, the electronics industry and audio and, in, uh, industry. So I started up a e-commerce website selling high end, um, digital audio interfaces basically like uh 16 32 track 64 track sound cards glorified sound cards to interface uh, uh recording mixing boards with uh computer audio right. and uh doing that e-commerce wise and uh uh you know it, it was basically just you know buying packaging and shipping nothing i was really passionate about but i knew the topic at hand right and Business-wise, it was terrible. One, it's electronics where you got no profit margin. Two, it's e-commerce where I got where there's like no profit margin. Margin, but right. it was very successful for a couple years. I mean, the the last year of the business, um, I think I did about just under one point five million dollars in gross sales, and probably netted about three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> moving a lot of stuff and and not having much to show for it but i learned uh since it was an e-commerce site i'd learned that i was actually more passionate a bit about the online marketing aspect of it so i kind of ran that business into the ground it just got too overwhelming with me and it was uh, i was like constantly depressed constantly just like climbing the walls with my anxiety because i still had not been diagnosed with anything technically yet and now the self-medication wasn't there so I was just, my head was just all kinds of a wreck. I'm not, you know, don't have the alcohol that I'm used to. I've got all this stuff going on in my head that I haven't been diagnosed with. So I'm not aware I have all this abnormal stuff going on in my head. And I basically like, ran that business into the ground. Well, before I ran it into the ground, I, 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 I sold it. Thankfully, I, I, I just knew that I had to get out of it. I was just putting in too much time and had nothing to show for. So I sold it and was able to coast for about like two years career wise where I just, you know, had enough saved up luckily that, you know, I didn't have to look too hard for work and focused on my passion, which had always been since youth, I'd always had a passion for photography. So I just spent a lot of time um, doing architectural photography, nature photography, stuff like artistic photography. And uh, a local wedding photo studio owner saw some of my work and was like, hey, would you like to come work for me and learn wedding photography? So I, I did that. And it was really cool. It was great. It was, it was nice being able to work at something I was very passionate about. And within about two years, I opened up my uh, uh, own business under my own name brand, working under my name. And... Uh, started doing that and once again i started realizing that i, I kind of like the marketing marketing the business aspect more than i did actually the business especially i was a little over eager i started booking you know as many weddings as i can so i was doing you know on average two weddings a week for about three years consistently which it's it's such a stressful high-paced environment that you know especially with wedding photography you've got you've got one chance to make to to grab the the photo there's no do-overs there's no like oh hang on somebody stepped in front of me can you take the ring back (laughs) off fingers so that i can try to get that phone again right constant high stress high stress high stress and that was 
taking a toll on once again my anxiety and my depression. Mm-hmm. But I discovered in the digital marketing aspect, and this was you know quite a while ago when blogs were just starting to come into the mainstream focus. So everybody had their website, a static website with their main marketing materials, and we're discovering the power of blogs. So they'd have their main website and then you know your brand name.wordpress.com that they mm-hmm. blog on two separate right. URLs. Mm-hmm. And naturally, due to the you know dynamic nature of, of blogs, they would always rank higher than your static website. So I started encountering the, the problem. People would find me through the blog and how to steer them over to the main portfolios and meat and potatoes of my marketing information um, over on another URL. And then once you started working with clients, uh, you put their photos online for them to proofing it for proofing. And it was usually through a third party service over at a third URL and uh, for them to update their contact details and event details. That was another service over at another URL. So I'm constantly telling people, yeah, you found my, my most recent work at my blog. Now go over to this website address and it has all the packages of my portfolios there. And then once we start working together, you can go over to this website to view your photos. And if you need to update your information, you go over to this website. And, you know, coming from a little bit of a marketing background and a tech background, I was just like, you know, there has to be a better way. And I had already dabbled with WordPress a little bit. So when I wasn't working, I started building my own website on WordPress and was able to bundle in all those third-party services into my existing WordPress website so they right. didn't have to leave my domain to prove their photos they didn't have to leave my domain for all these other services that were handled outside of my main website and right. uh, just for just because of that the uh, uh, potential clients just loved my website it was so easy everything was in one place started getting busier started getting more burnout but a lot of photographers that I networked all over uh, North America US and Canada started seeing, you know, how effective my website was, you know, through networking and we're like, wow, can you build me one of those? So I started, started doing that on the side for other photographers. And uh, when I just reached that point where I was just, you know, ready to, uh, you know, choke hold anybody in a big white puffy dress, you know, <laughs> from the wedding burnout, right. uh, I was able, I was luckily able to make a nice seamless transition from being a photographer to building websites for photographers. So there, it, it, it was just perfect dovetail where I just seamlessly transitioned from one left field career to a right field career with no problems whatsoever. And it just kind of uh, took off from there where, you know, I, I really niched down in the, the photography industries, but started branching out into other service-based industries and local brick and mortars. And uh, that's kind of where I've been ever since. But right after that, you know, I started having, you know, problems still with the stress and anxiety. And finally I was diagnosed with uh, anxiety. And once I was educated on what it was, I'm like, wow, I've had these symptoms since I was like nine years old with the depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, no I was, you know, just so deep into it, escapism through the drugs, the alcohol, whatever, anything that would take my mind off whatever, usually unhealthy things that would take my mind off uh, the issues at hand. So I got, you know, I was diagnosed and, you know, naturally, you know, with anybody with anxiety, depression, you know, until you find that magic mix of medications that work for your particular brand of 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 crazy you know <laughs> a couple years of you know oh, let's, okay well let's try this uh selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and let's try this medication let's try this medication had the ups and downs and finally got onto a good pattern where everything was was manageable uh to where you know you know, it's not gone. I know I'll never be cured, but it, I've, I've learned healthier coping mechanisms. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm being, I'm fi- finally being, uh, you know, uh, treated uh, for, for something that's been there pretty much since birth that I just wasn't aware of. It was never diagnosed. 
so it's uh that's kind of my journey to where i got now you know it 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 definitely still you know flares up you know when you know the anxiety especially you know just with with deadlines working with uh potentially difficult clients what you know it just just triggers that anxiety but thankfully i've learned coping mechanisms where i know to step back and breathe take a moment maybe meditate on it you know don't act from um i've always joked around you know throughout the uh, the alcoholism and um <laughs> afterwards that i that i suffer from a disorder called FTW, first thought wrong. I've just learned that <laughs> as, as an alcoholic or as somebody suffering from anxiety that typically my first, you know, knee-jerk response is going to be wrong. <laughs> so I've learned to do, not act on that and mm-hmm. to pause and to step back. And usually around the first thought's always wrong, second or third thought is usually on track in the right ballpark and uh usually a fourth park is the right thought and then i'll act on that you know i've i've learned to just you know wait a minute take i, I will call you back on this while i process it you know so uh, that that first thought wrong disorder is just something i I've, I've come to learn what learn to live with and uh you know i know that it's there and i'm aware of it and just being aware of how my brain processes information different than the average person, uh, you know, quote unquote, normal position. Normal is just a setting on a dryer, but you know, the quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that first thought wrong is a great example of how to consider your own feelings and your own situation versus others. Cause I think most people would say like, trust your instincts, trust your first thought. And that doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> No, I mean, usually, you know, after, after I get past those first couple thoughts and really think about it, you know, then it frees me up. And usually my gut instinct might be right, but usually my first response is wrong. It's not even, you know, it's not coming from a, that first response or that first thought wrong is not coming from a place of gut instinct or experience or anything like that. It's a, it's a, you know, first thought wrong reaction that I just, you know, I need to step back and step outside the situation, look at it <laughs> and practice the pause. And right. then that kind of frees up my gut instinct or then, you know, my gut instinct will steer me in the right direction. That's a good way to differentiate it. Uh, so when, at what point did you, so I, I know you mentioned that at one point you went to get a diagnosis. Did that, that come through therapy? Like what was the moment for you? I wouldn't say moment. When, when did you decide that you needed a diagnosis? Um, I went to a primary care physician um, because I was waking up in the middle of the night all the time craving sugar i would just mm-hmm. like wake up you know i always had candy on hand i'd like wake up at like 3 a.m and eat like five snickers bars and go right back to sleep you know and right. I, I i had this pattern where i wasn't sleeping well and i'd always be waking up to eat this sugar and i went to my primary care physician because i'm like i don't know maybe i had some kind of you know weird you know diabetes related disorder or something like that mm-hmm. And, and, and she was awesome. She was just like very awesome. She started talking to me and she's like, I think, and you know, please don't take this the wrong way, but I think you might have depression. I was just like, huh? You know, (laughs) I thought I had some kind of blood sugar issue. And she's like, I think this is a byproduct of the depression where you're just getting instant gratification from getting up in the middle of the night and eating tons of chocolate and it's making you feel better and you go back to sleep. So you're like, so right. let's try you on some antidepressants and uh, it actually helped, you know? And so I'm like, Oh my God, she's on to something here. So I started focusing more on that aspect and uh, then, you know, just through working with her more, uh, the topic of like the anxiety attacks came up, you know, and, you know, I thought it was just, I thought it was just my natural reaction to things and come to find out that no, I was having 
panic attacks that, you know, basically getting triggered and, you know, hiding in the fetal position in the closet was not a normal reaction. <laughs> it was, you know, it was, it was a panic attack type reaction. So it started, you know, started getting treat, treated for that. It was just interesting. It's just like all these symptoms that, that pointed her towards, I've got anxiety, I've got depression, things that, you know, I remember living through, you know, as a child in my early teens having these same things. And I just thought I was, you know, I uh, just thought I was a quirky kid. You know? Right. Yeah. Do you, are you aware of, um, of, of what your triggers are? If you don't mind sharing, if, if it's like loud noises, uh, high stress, um, uh, I know you mentioned high, high stress seemed to be the uh, commonality with all of what you're saying. Yeah. High, high stress situations uh, will definitely uh, trigger my anxiety and my anxiety seems to come in two different flavors. There's the, the sudden panic attack, anxiety attack type anxiety. And then there's the longer lasting um, fear-based. The world is closing in on me. Something, something horrible is about to happen to me. Uh, the impending doom type uh, uh, anxiety that usually lasts a couple long, you know, a, you know, a couple days. You know, the anxiety attacks will be like, you know, sudden, and then I'll come down from it. Uh, a lot of my triggers for those are like, um, I would, if I had to point, pinpoint the biggest one, I would say telephones. I, I hate telephones. You know, when, when I hear my phone ring, it's just instantly, you know, you got to peel me off the ceiling with a spatula. You know, <laughs> right. yeah, uh, the, the unexpected things like that, you know, a doorbell ringing out of, the, out of nowhere or my phone ringing out of nowhere when I'm not expecting anybody at the door and when I'm not expecting a phone call, that's just, you know, boom, you know, I can feel the pulse rate and I, you know, start sweating and it's, it's irrational, but I've come to recognize this is irrational, mm-hmm. but you Usually I have to wait for the voicemail and call them back after I get past that first thought wrong thing with the phone call. No, I, I, sh- I share the same thing, which is uh, interesting because I feel like even though we're doing this over the phone, it's been a heavily planned thing and uh, you know, we're both prepared for it. So I assume it's not the same, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's much better. You know, if I'm, I'm prepared for it and I know that we're going to have a telephone conversation, it's yeah. you know, totally fine. Not a problem, but you know, if I'm focused on one thing and all of a sudden you call me out of the blue, it's going to be like, oh my god, I got to let it go to voicemail. <laughs> you know, and that kind of brings up an interesting point because I'm kind of struggling with that personally as well. Like, I, I don't like talking on the phone. I don't like unexpected things like that. I don't, somebody knocks on my door, I'm like ready to grab like something heavy. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, so. I, I'm, I'm feeling the same way and it's been a difficulty for me with business because, you know, business involves people and you have to have conversations and you have to find some ways to communicate with people. I'm also a natural introvert. So that makes it a little bit harder for me as well. Um, so it's kind of interesting that like, you know, it, it seems like you've, you've, because of your awareness of that, that you've kind of found ways to communicate with people one example being that you just let it go to voicemail and you call them back you take control of the situation um do do you know if you have any other examples of something like that do you meet people in person to have conversations is that better for you um yes yeah basically basically even uh in person or on the phone as long as i'm aware of what i'm going into whether i'm aware of a scheduled phone call, aware of going to go meet somebody, it gives me a little more sense of control yeah. where that helps me process the anxiety part. Um, I'm, I'm also, you know, tend to lean towards the introvert side. So some, I do a lot of networking, you know, with the local chamber of commerce and some networking groups and that can be a struggle for me sometimes, you know, if I'm in very crowded places that can sometimes trigger the anxiety. Uh-huh. But, you know, if, if, I, if, I, if I try to, you know, remain aware of the fact that, okay, I'm going into a place or there's going to be more people than I would ideally like to interface with. I can prepare for it. I can kind of mentally prepare for it and just do other little things that uh, 
help put me at ease, like look for exit routes. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether, whether it's a physical exit route, just knowing where that nearest exit of the building is, or, you know, even if I get overwhelmed, a, a, a faux exit route, like, uh, oh, the sudden phone call that means, oh, look, I hate to leave, but I just got a phone call and I got to run to take care of something, you know? Yeah, like a, uh, <laughs> some sort of conversational exit, basically. Yeah, exactly. Conversational exit. Oh, my, this just came up. I got, I've got to go run and take care of this. And then I just go out and decompress in my car in the parking lot for a while. Right. And, and, it, and the same thing, because that happens to me when I feel like I get hit with unexpected uh, emotions from people because I'm not very good at processing other people's feelings. It's just a kind of a strange robotic thing that I have. Uh, I can hear people's stories and I can kind of uh, uh, collate them to my own stories and then find ways to ask questions and be curious and things like that. But if somebody kind of comes to me crying, I'm like, ah, <laughs> where do I go? <laughs> Please. It's like, a, it's like running into a house fire. I, I just like, I don't, ah, I just can't handle it it's too much. <laughs> Uh, right. right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more towards the empath side of that. Yeah. So if somebody comes to me struggling like that, uh, and, and part of that is uh, skills and mechanisms I've learned through the process of, of recovery and, and learning how to uh, deal with somebody else that's suffering in a suffering place with uh, you know addiction or alcoholism and helping them process that so that kind of crisis situation I can adapt to pretty well mm -hmm. but being being more on the empath side if if I'm around uh, you know people people come to me with negative energy or if I'm around too many people with negative energy right. I just start picking on that and you know even if i'm a little bit removed from the conversation i'll just start picking up that 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 energy around me and it'll start putting my head in a negative place where i just need to kind of i just need to separate this from you you're just a little bit you know yeah. a little bit too dark energy for me so i'm just gonna put a little safe distance here yeah that specifically i can relate to when somebody is like you just feel that they're not a person that's like either willing to help themselves or they're just coming in with some sort of just a negative view of everything or they immediately jump to the negativity or they're just a lot of eh, like why any behavior almost <laughs> it's too much right, right. yeah I, yeah that that kind of that kind of behavior that kind of energy is just like yeah it doesn't it, it's it, it's hard for me to stay in a healthy place when i'm surrounded with that kind of energy so i wanted to ask you now about um where you're at with business now because uh, i i see your website and it is rad and it's you know, it makes sense that you're the type of person that could help other people with their websites and whatnot. Um, and you've mentioned basically throughout that online marketing has been your thing. So you must be kind of living in a golden age right now with online marketing, with social media and uh, working with groups and things like that. Um, so, so what are you doing with the online space these days to both connect with people and talk about your business? Um, things like that. What are you doing with uh, online marketing these days? Um, basically anything that I can do that brings value to whoever I'm working with. Um, that's another skill that I learned, uh, throughout recovery is, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in a bad place or to prevent yourself from being in a bad place, sometimes the easiest fix is to be of service to somebody else. Just help somebody else. I mean, if you're having a bad day, you can instantly turn that around by just doing a good deed for someone else. Right. You know, you step out, step out of yourself, take yourself out of the equation and be a, 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 a good factor towards somebody else. You know, just help them out, you know, be polite, whatever, you know, whatever falls under that realm of, you know, being of service to somebody else. So yeah, luckily with the digital marketing, it's something that I, that I really, really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just try to help my customers and clients as much as possible. I always talk about, you know, my success is determined by how successful my clients are through, through what I help them with. Right. And uh, in, in the community, uh, 
I've, I've been blessed to connect with lots of other business owners that aren't even necessarily clients that, that know they can, they can come to me with a, a technical question, an online question that they might have. And I'm always happy to, you know, talk them through it and, you know, try to explain this techno babble into real world English, you know, through, you know, basically trying, trying to put together an analogy mm-hmm. uh, to, to help them understand what they're facing. And, and that just, that, that helps keep me in a, in a good, positive, productive space. You know, even, you know, a lot of people are, you know, I, I hear it from a lot, a lot of times, you know, wow, you did this for somebody, you should have billed them for that, you know, and it's just like, well, no, it's not, it's not all about that, you know, first and foremost, I want to be of service, I want to be of help to somebody, that's why, like, on Facebook, I'm so active in so many groups, you know, uh, these people are, you know, the odds of any of these people I interact with, um, becoming a client of mine are, are, you know, very slim to none. But if I see somebody that with a question or a problem or a struggle that I've been there before, I'm more than happy to say, Hey, look, I've, I've faced this before. Here's what I did. And it worked for me. You might want to try considering this, you know, I just try to be of help to bring value into, uh, anything that I do, whether, whether it's personal or business. Right. And there is value in that for you. And, and I kind of want to say this for the skeptical types who are just like, uh, why are you letting them pick your brain for free? Where it's like, you know, that is, that is a way for you and anyone else, who, anyone who's listening, doing the same thing to, to promote, basically promote your brand in a way that says like, Hey, I'm accessible. I'm here. I'm helpful. And by helping people, they kind of share their experiences with other people. And you're kind of creating this brand recognition cycle in a way, you know, for you, it's helping people, which is like the natural way of what it's supposed to be. But, you know, when, when, you know, the reason people, this is going to be a bit of a stretch, but you know, bear with me <laughs> that if you know, so the reason people prefer, you know, a Super Bowl commercial versus a local commercial is often because it's funny. The Super Bowl commercial is, is trying to be, uh, to, to be brand appeal. They're not trying to hit you over the head with something. They're not trying to sell you. They're not trying to, to put a wall between you and the idea of the brand. Um, so it, it's for you, helping someone is kind of that same thing where you're, you're helping someone by just being a good person and being helpful to them. And, and, and it not only shares the core values of what your brand is, but it creates brand recognition in a positive light. And you, you don't have to hit anyone over the head with what your bottom line is. People just, when they're ready to buy from you, they'll come and buy from you because they already know what you can do. Oh, absolutely. And I've received a lot of referrals that way. I mean, obviously you get uh, the referrals from existing and past clients that refer people to you because they've worked with you and uh, you know, know what you're like to work with. But also these other people that I meet through you know, the online sphere or the local net- networking sphere, I've gotten so many uh, business referrals from people that I've never actually done business with. We've just, you know, had many personal encounters where mm-hmm. I offered information, uh, you know, shared my knowledge, maybe, you know, offered them a little bit of, you know, technical nugget that helped them out a little bit. So I, I actually get a lot of business referrals from that. You know, I have people call me up all the time that, Hey, I was referred to you by so and so at XYZ Company, who isn't a client, but they they referred to me and said you're really knowledgeable about you know what you do and that you're very helpful, you know, and they suggested that I call you. So indirectly, you know, even though I'm not billing them for anything, I am kind of creating an an atmosphere of uh, you know experience, uh, authority, and trust where people that I don't work with that I've, I've, I've helped either directly or indirectly are are referring my company because of that. So, I mean, it's not like I'm just, you know, giving away the farm for free and not billing people. It does, it does pay off 
down the road in potential referrals, uh, it pays off in peace of mind, and I feel it pays off in karma as well. Yeah, it, it pays off in so many ways. So, And I'm sure somebody who's listening probably has the question of what what is the difference between or where is that line for you when between someone picking your brain and someone who needs to pay for a service? Um, is, is there a way for you to define that or is that too open-ended? <laughs> Well, I mean, there's uh, usually if it's, you know, something that they, something that I could potentially help them out with, but I can't really give them great actionable advice on the spot. You know, I always, you know, I I make sure everybody is aware of the fact that I always offer free consultations. Now, it doesn't mean you can schedule, you know, you know, one free consultation with me for a week, which is basically like, you know, coaching sessions. But, you know, if, if it's something that, you know, I can't address right on the spot, but I think I might be able to help them out with, with a longer discussion, I'll tell them, you know, like, let's sit down and ha- have a consultation. Basically, I'll just have a conversation. Let's see what, what your goals are, what your, what your problems are. Let's identify what's working and what's not. Mm-hmm. And at, by the end of that conversation, I can, we can either – see if it's something that they want to try to approach on their own at first, or if it's something that they would rather have me take care of for them. Right. Um, right. You know, obviously not every consultation ends in a, in a new client, but quite often um, I've given them, given them in that consultation uh, actionable information and advice where they can go out and start implementing some ideas in like the, the online marketing sphere. And they take that and run with it and they're thankful for the information. And then they just start getting involved in it and then just realize that, you know, okay, I'm, I'm a dentist. Now I'm trying to learn all this stuff about Facebook algorithms and Google algorithms and, you know, when to post certain times of day and what works, what doesn't, uh, you know, calls to action where they start realizing that now it's taking too much time away from their passion. Usually they're business owners that, that they're passionate about what they do. They're not passionate about digital marketing. And they'll usually like to try it on their own, but after doing it for a little while, they will, they'll realize that it's, you know, totally outside the wheelhouse of their expertise and outside the wheelhouse of their passions. And that's when they'll usually come back to me and say, Hey, look, I've struggled with this Facebook thing and I've had some minor success with this Facebook thing, but it just, it's just too much for me. It takes too much time, you know, and then we start working on, well, here, here's what we can help you with. That'll, you know, take care of it. We'll, we'll help grow your business and free up, you know, that, you know, extra two hours a day that you're trying to learn digital marketing. That'll free up that extra two hours a day where you can focus on your, your own employee client relationships, your own employee relationships, uh, work, working inside of your business, focusing on more time just at home with your family uh-huh. instead of getting, getting off work from your business and going home and trying to learn how to run Google AdWords. <laughs> like that. Right. Free. So sometimes, it, sometimes it does, you know, the consultation ends with them, you know, getting some great ideas to move forward and they want to try it on their own. And they will, and then they'll just start seeing some little wins where it's like, okay, yeah, this, there, there is, you know, some meat on the bone with this whole online marketing thing, but yeah, I don't want to learn a whole new career to just to be able to do this. And, you know, I equate it to taxes, you know, technically anybody can learn to do their own taxes to a degree, but why, you know, right. I don't want to spend. I don't want to spend hours, days agonizing over accounting. You know, I hate basic math. So, you know, taxes, forget about it. You know, that's when I'll turn to a professional who will be able to do it better than I can, more effective than I can, have insight that I would never think of and be able to do it in one tenth of the time that I can. You know, that's, yeah, that's why I, 
I personally will turn to outside professional resources. You know, it's like, okay, I could, I could learn how to do my taxes if I want to, but I don't want to. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, everyone values time. That, that seems to be the biggest thing for everybody. And uh, you know, time can cost money for us and that's, you know, ultimately it helps us get to a better place uh, to be able to do that. Um, a part of what I'd like to ask business owners and designers um and marketers is um, is about cost a little bit because a lot of the people and I'm not talking specifically dollars and cents but more so how you charge uh, for your services is it per product or, or do you go per uh, per situation and kind of break down individual costs and tally that up um, and, um, and and how do you present that cost to your client is that something you talk about up front or, or you know stuff like that if you're willing to share that. Yeah, it, it, it really depends on the situation. Now, if somebody, um, you know, just needs us to take care of, you know, ongoing tasks that just might be something that is eating up too much of their time it needs done every month, um, then I, I'll probably approach that from an hourly base. Right. And, you know, the hour rate will, will depend on whether it's, you know, it's something that I need to do or if it's something that I just need to outline for a virtual assistant and they can do it. So the, the hourly rate might adjust. Now, if they come to me with something like, uh, you know, a brand new uh, website development. Well, I shouldn't say brand new. Most, most of my clients, web design clients, um, I specialize in building kind of like second websites. People come to me for their second website after they've gone through the first one, either that they built themselves or had a brother-in-law built for them or grabbed a guy off Fiverr that built them a quick and dirty website. Right. And now they've had it for, now they've had it for a year or so. And they see that it, it's not, they see what's not working in it. You know, it's not converting it, it's just kind of basically kind of sitting on a shelf like a, uh, a trifold brochure, you know, collecting dust, you know, just because you build it doesn't mean they will come. So usually most clients that come to me are, are in a situation where they already have a website. I don't get a lot of people that are like, you know, first time startups with their first website. Right. That's usually, they, that's usually doesn't fall into my price point nor my ideal client avatar. Uh -huh. Um, so, but if, if somebody comes to me and say, look, we, okay, we have this website, but ideally it would, it would help us save time or make money if it had this type of functionality or this type of functionality or our entire messaging has changed and we want our website to, to uh, show that, that I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and kind of outline out and just give them more of a project base. I, I don't do any type of big projects like that that are, are that are hourly based. Right. I mean, I guess in the back of my head, uh, I'm probably processing things on an hourly basis, knowing that, okay, the, they need this functionality added to their website. And it, on average, from my experience, it takes X amount of time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I never, I never break it down into an hourly um, type uh, line item breakdown. Okay. I just say, okay, here's, here's, you, you've got these issues, and you, you want me to come up with these solutions to these issues, and here's, here's what the overall cost is going to be. I mean, I don't think I've ever had any two website proposals ever come out to the same dollar amount. Okay. That's, that's good information. Um, so you, you said you kind of work with other, with some freelancers and, and kind of uh, outsource some things. Uh, what kinds of things do you outsource? Do you have a developer you work with? Are you mostly the designer? Do you develop? What, what is your focus? What do you do with other people? I, I, I fall more towards uh, the development end, um, you know, PHP, JavaScript and uh, basic, uh, and I, I'm really good with uh, uh, con conversion rate opt optimization. Um, graphics, not so much. You know, I can, I can, you know, I I have the whole Adobe suite of pro products, and you know, I could, I could draw, you know, come up and create a very nice, uh, you know, vector stick figure for you. Uh -huh. But beyond 
beyond that, that's just kind of out of my wheelhouse. That's, you know, that's not, you know, a strong suit in my skill set. So like graphics work, I will, you know, have one of my freelancers take care of, um, uh, any type of, uh, more, mm, uh, any type of uh, important copywriting of it, uh, like sales copy, uh, I'll turn that over to somebody that just does copywriting. Right. You know, that's their strength. They can do it better than I can, and they can do it faster than I can. So it's it's easier for me to just delegate that to uh, to uh, a freelancer um some crazy javascript stuff i i you know i know enough javascript but it's not my i'm not the fastest in production at javascript so i can probably have it done a little bit better and a little bit faster by one of my freelancers so yeah definitely graphics definitely um uh, copywriting and in certain certain programming needs, uh, I'll outsource to to one of our freelancers. Mm-hmm. And do you take on any? Um, do you do you mostly just focus on your clients, or do you uh, kind of help other people with some development needs uh, yourself? So, like for instance, if I was as a designer, I would likely want to get a developer to help me out. Would uh, would you help someone like me or some other designer? Uh, or do you just focus on your clients? Oh, no, no, I know. Uh, we, we, we do. I'm a big fan of strategic partnerships. Right. Um, so uh, we, uh, one, just a great example. I have uh, one social media only agency that's, that's here in Tampa Bay with us. And uh, they are the masters of, of social media and Snapchat and Instagram for business and everything like that. Right. We can, we can, we can do a lot of that, but they can do a lot of it better and faster than we can. Right. So quite often their clients are in a situation where they need website development. They, uh, you know, might need e-commerce development, something like that, in addition to their services. So uh, we'll work hand in hand with them, you know, either depending on how that, how that strategic partnership want, wants to work. If we, if they would prefer us to work under their umbrella and they just handle all the billing and all the communications with the client and then just pay us directly, that's great. If they want to bring us in as, you know, our, a participating member where, Hey, okay, this is great. You need, uh, we can, we'll take care of all your social media needs. You need a website as well. Let me introduce you to a developer that I've worked with for 10 years and pull me into the conversation. Um, so yeah, I, I do that. And, um, and with some, some graphic designers, I, I, I do that with as well, not as frequently with, uh, as with the social media agency that's here in town, but mm-hmm. yeah, quite often I'll work with, uh, graphics people that know just enough WordPress to, to get a site up and running, but not how to pull the advanced functionality out of it and, and do a lot of advanced third party integrations and stuff like that, where I'll step in and, and take care of that for, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always open to, uh, you know, partnerships, uh, partnering up on, you know, ongoing basis or on one-time basis, or even just, you know, jumping in there, you know, where somebody just doesn't know how to fix a one-off particular issue. You know, that's, that's something that would fall under the hourly pricing. Oh, I know exactly what's going on under the hood. Give me access. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of it for you. Right. Um, another good partnership I have is with uh, a local IT company. Um, you know, we serve the same type client market. His, his clients are medium-sized business, small to medium-sized business owners. He takes care of their computers and internal networking. And nine times out of 10, these companies also have website and digital marketing needs. So we both get a lot of, we both refer back and forth either on a referral basis or working together on the same client, you know, and, and I refer back to him, you know, naturally being a developer, people think uh, that, you know, I can fix anything on computers. And it's just like, oh, you're, you're, you're a website developer. I'm having this problem with Windows 10. And it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. You know? <laughs> no, that's not 
how it works, but, you know, I have a, uh, a networking partner that I know, like, and trust, and let me, let me introduce you to Adam, and he'll take care of those needs for you. And, 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 then, and there, once again, it just leads back to uh, providing value to somewhere, someone. I, you know, I like being able to refer people to somebody that can, you know, answer their questions or fix their problems. If I can't, if I can't answer the questions or fix the problems, I will do everything in my power to, to connect them with the right person that can, you know, right. our, our company, our company isn't the best fit for everybody that gets in contact with us. But, you know, I try to provide, provide instead of just, you know, I'm just saying, Oh, I wish I could help you out, but I can't, I'll, I'll go the extra mile and do a little research for them and come back, you know, a couple of days later, look, I found somebody I think that would be a perfect fit for the, for the issue, issues that you're facing that could, you know, address them better and more efficiently than we could and make that connection. And, you know, right there, I've just, you know, I, I've earned the karma points, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I didn't work directly with them, but I brought value to them and I made them happy. So everybody, everybody's happy. I'm happy. They're happy. It works out great. That sounds fantastic. That is, that is, that is kind of like the dream scenario for me in a lot of ways. I, I haven't always been great at connecting people, but uh, uh, your ability to do that is fantastic. Not only does it seem like it's helped you in your personal growth as well, having a team of people so that you can kind of push things into the right pockets as opposed to trying to take on all of that stress yourself and, you know, possibly regressing into bad habits. It's allowing you to also help your clients and kind of keep things going. So it's, it sounds like you, sounds like you found a really good um, middle ground for everything and continue to grow as a person and help your clients and uh, are really in a good spot. Uh, So nice work. gratification but i like to be able to help people even if it's not directly i can lead them to another source another vendor a business whatever it may be mm-hmm. that can that can help them right and so i i feel good about it even though i didn't do the job i still walk away feeling like hey that was a job well done you know exactly. i made them happy. yeah so i mean that that designer example is exactly kind of where I'm at. I'm the type of person that I could put together a WordPress site, but sometimes the third party stuff either takes too much time because I am kind of a techie person also. It might take too much time or whatever. So I think we can talk about that stuff off of this and then, you know, see what we can do in the future. But that's that's a pretty good example of just kind of how random partnerships could potentially come together. Oh sure, because everybody has their own wheelhouses of expertise and sometimes there's overlap in there and but sometimes they're you know you could probably do a lot of the same stuff that i do with wordpress but some of the behind the scenes integration i might have a little bit more experience with so i might be able to just go okay yeah you've been banging your head against that wall for three days trying to figure that out i've done it before i can have it done for you in a day <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, that sounds great. I mean, I, I loved hearing your story that there's like so much useful information in there um, between, you know, you overcoming a lot of serious difficulty and then finding uh, finding different ways to kind of find your path and being open to new possibilities. Really, that's been one of the strengths it seems like you have is just being open to new ideas, new possibilities, and a certain level of self-awareness to continue to grow and, you know, not not let bad things take you over, take over you and, uh, and, and continue to move forward and grow and help people. That's, that's great. Absolutely. Self-awareness is, is, is critical in almost any, any aspect of, of, of life for me, whether it's business or personal, just, just being aware of my own thoughts and feelings behind something. And uh, that, that allows me to, process them from a healthy point of view being being aware of my own uncomfortability in a particular situation or my or my own confidence in a, a situation or even possibly my own overconfidence in a situation if i can just pause step back and really look at things from a couple feet away then uh, it'll usually lead me to doing you know the next right thing yeah so so um yeah, Ed, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can uh, people find you and your work? Oh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at artfulpussycat.com, uh, website uh, www.artfulpussycat.com. Um, 
any uh, Google search uh, for Artful Pussycat Web Solutions will turn up uh, pages and pages of places to find me on uh, social media, Facebook, you name it. Awesome. And definitely go check out the website. It's it's lovely. And if you need one, it's it's a good solution. So uh, thank you, Ed, for having a chat with me. This was great. I hope we could do it again in the future. Oh, my pleasure, Kristen. I definitely enjoyed it. All right. I'll catch you later. You have a good one. Have a fantastic weekend. All right. Bye. Just a quick note for you guys, if you want to be on the podcast and share your story, share any creativity tips, business tips, uh, productivity, or have any personal stories you would like to share in terms of mindset growth and or mental health struggles and how you've been able to grow from it, I would love to hear your story. So leave a call in on Anchor at this station. You can find it on Dopamine. Hit me up at Dopamine Podcast on Instagram or find my account anywhere at rival my design hit me up or go to hi my name is christian.com find out a little bit about me and uh, all that stuff there too so if you want to be on the show hit me up let's talk Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Baby, I'm a fiend, I'm a fiend. Oh, you know you got me going off your dopamine. All I really need, all I need is for you to put me on to the recipe, yeah. Ooh, ooh, purple flowers, candy showers, sandy, yeah. You, ooh, dance for hours as I watch from overhead. It's on my team, you got me going off your dopamine, yeah. It's on my team, you got me going off your dopamine.